We've already pressed the red panic button on Baylor men's basketball. To unpress it, you're going to need a lot of transfers now. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I am wearing a Baylor football jersey again from Sports Illustrated's Inside. The Bears, thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Truly, thank you. It means a lot to me. And I have, to give Baylor a fair shake here, I have donned the other jersey that I bought at the at the surplus sale. And it is massive, by the way. Way too big. They both said large. Both the jerseys I got. This is a Connor Galvin Baylor jersey with the Big 12 logo. So one was debilitatingly small, and the other is way big. Speaking of debilitating, I have entered the finals season of my life, and I've done, I've, I've done. If you were my psychology professor, whew, we have not really gotten along, by the way. Um, I want to thank you for putting up with me, and I want you to know that I've done the math, and I will pass your class if I get like a 40 on the final and a 30 on our other tests. So instead of studying last night for this big test, I went and saw Return of the Jedi at the Cinemark. I'm a senior in college. So that is me. That's I, my debilitating addiction to energy drinks is what's getting me through these shows and everything else, at least for a week. So bear with me. Get it? Please bear with me. Get it? It is a pun. Um, Baylor men's basketball is not in the best spot. <clears throat> I've got I've got good news for you. Been thinking about, been thinking about this one here for a little bit. We we said last week, Brandon McKinnon and I, that it was time to press the red panic button for Baylor men's basketball, and none of you said it wasn't. Very few people pushed back. They were like, "Oh yeah, that no, no, makes sense." You got a lot of guys that are no longer with the team anymore that were on the team, and then I started thinking today. What if we unpressed the red panic button? What would it look like if things started to go well for Baylor men's basketball? And then I remember there is no real red panic button. It doesn't exist. It's a figment of our imaginations. It's it's air. It, it, it's nothing. It, it doesn't. It's not there anymore. You don't. You, there, there's not a real button that anybody's pressed that can't be unpressed. There's not a real button that's pressed that means anything tangible. So when we pressed the red panic button on Baylor men's basketball, what did we do? Nothing. Effectively, nothing. The program is is it's still alive. Scott Drew's still there. Nobody's been fired. Well, granted, quite a few players have left. They're going to need to fill a, a pretty big void. But overall, things could be worse. They have been worse in the last two decades for Baylor men's basketball. And I think there's an avenue out. First, let's revisit this conversation a little bit with the red panic button and why we pressed the red panic button. Number one, a big reason why you lost a... You lost Flo Thamba to old. You lost Adam Flagler to the NBA. Dale Bonner is gone. He's going to Ohio State. Zach Loveday has entered the transfer portal. Uh, As has Jordan Turner and Jake Youngkin. Um, LJ Cryer is also gone from Baylor to Houston. And the only replacement now, so that's Dale Bonner, Zach Loveday, LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, Flo Thamba, and Jordan Turner. That is six guys that are no longer a part of the Baylor men's basketball team that were last season. Uh, Jaden Nunn has now come in from uh, from VCU. So that becomes five guys, five spots can now replace. We'll take Jake Youngkin off the board. Um, we'll, say, we'll say you need three or four guys 
honestly, out of the transfer portal for this Baylor team to be complete next season. We, we can we can dish some scholarships out here. Looking at last year's roster, like down the board, Keontae George is also gone. Oh, geez, Keontae George is also gone. So now what? You need four or five guys in the transfer portal. Flo Thamba, gone. Keontae George, gone. Jake Youngkin, gone. Dale Bonner, gone. LJ Cryer, gone. Jordan Turner, gone. Adam Flagler, gone. Jalen Bridges, didn't even mention him, guys. He's gone. He's going to the NBA. Wouldn't you believe? Wouldn't you believe? <laughs> I, I was good. I was, I wish I would have done this before the show. I just didn't. I'm just now realizing if you go from player number zero, Flo Thamba, not that he, <laughs> Not that he was like zero talent or skill wise, just literally wore zero on his jersey. If you go from player zero to player 11 on roster, all of those that I just named, they all no longer play basketball for Baylor. That in itself is eight guys. Um, not great. Then there's Antoine Grimes, who is who's coming back. He's good. He's good, we think. We've been told. I didn't get to see it much last year. We saw it in Canada. Great. Langston Love, also back. Josh Ojanwuna, back. Um, Austin Sachs, have we heard? I don't know if we know about Austin Sachs. Uh, Jonathan Chamochachua is back. Zach Loveday is gone. Caleb Lohner's back. So if you're following at home, Baylor men's basketball, right now, guys can actively say, I am a member of Baylor men's basketball. That includes... Caleb Lohner, Jonathan Chamochachua, Josh Oshinwuna, Langston Love, Dantuan Grimes. Those five guys are the only five guys from last year's roster who can say, I am I am Baylor Bears. Uh, that's not great. That's not great. Miro Little, Jacoby Walter will both be good guys that are coming to Baylor. What I like about those five guys is that they all um, – could be pretty good contributors next year. That's good. Add in Miro Little and Jacoby Walter. Now you got seven guys that could be good contributors. And then add in Jaden Nunn from VCU. He is another good basketball player that will be a contributor for Baylor men's basketball. He was a four-star. He's got NBA prowess. He's going to be good for the Bears. So that is eight guys. Eight guys. Five of which played for Baylor last year. Three guys that are new. Two freshmen, one from the transfer portal that'll be playing basketball, we know right now, for Baylor next season. I know I told you that we could unpress the panic button here, but the more that I look, like I just, I'm literally looking at the roster on my screen right now from last season, and there's so few guys that are coming back to play for Baylor next year. Five. Plus those three, it's a pretty good eight. You're going to need to add a little bit more, though. Here's the deal. Looking through the transfer portal, guys like Hunter Dickinson, He's the only, per 24-7, only five-star guy left in this transfer class. The rest of the ones, like your Taron Armstrongs, those guys are four-stars or worse at this point. Baylor needs a lot of, of everything. They could take a player at every position. Most years, it's like, oh, hey, we can narrow it down that Baylor could get, like, you know, Yes, maybe maybe one big man and one guard, and we're good. Now it's oh, you, you kind of need somebody at pretty much all five spots, and you would like that. 
Um, especially a guy you really do need truly though, another small forward power forward to replace what Jalen Bridges was for you last year, losing him to the NBA. I still think is the biggest loss of, of the off season for Baylor. You're going to need something else out of the portal ASAP. If you are Baylor bears, there are guys that are left over. We've already talked about on this show, my favorite Tyler Perry, who is still out there from North Texas, but he has narrowed his list of school down schools down to four, Kansas State and Texas Tech included. So he will play for a former Scott Drew coach at one of those schools, most likely. He's crystal balled right now at 100% to Kansas State. Don't love that. Musa Cisse, still out there. He was pretty good for uh, for Oklahoma State. There are there are still a few. The, the, while the opportunity for these guys to get into the transfer portal has closed, there are still a few guys that are floating out there. The problem is it's a few. According to 24-7, there are only, oh, this is bad, 15 guys rated at four-star or higher in the transfer portal currently. It has gotten that slim. The talent out there has dwindled. Granted, Dale Bonner was not a four-star guy when he transferred to Baylor, but also Dale Bonner got benched and is now going to Ohio State. So you, you can play the comparison game. I'm like, oh, yeah, Baylor's gotten guys that weren't, you know, weren't four-stars. They did. You could use Dale Bonner as an example, as I have on the show, but also Dale Bonner wasn't good enough to play last season, ended up eventually transferring. That sucks, man. You don't want to do that again. You need, with eight guys in this rotation, Baylor's two untimely injuries away from really needing some serious depth on the roster, and it's not there right now. You're going to have to go on a recon mission in the transfer portal, and there have not been a ton of murmurs about what Baylor is going to do in the portal, like usually where there's smoke, there's fire. And right now, like I'm not getting a lot of smoke or fire for Baylor and any of these guys in the portal. And there are a lot of spots to fill. Like what I, I don't understand what the strategy is or if Baylor just came late to the game or where the bears are looking, but it needs to be quick. Cause not only is this thing closing, um, but also there's the idea that there aren't a lot of good players left out there. And according to 24 seven, there are only 15 four stars or better. That, my friends, is not great. You know what is great? FanDuel. FanDuel's the number one place to go right now. Ever for anything. FanDuel's better. You see, look at this. We're going to watch this. Watch it. That's the number two thing in the world. Ghost energy drinks, Sour Patch Kids are so good. Number one, what I do, my, my, my thing, I'm going tonight to the Dallas Stars game. Stars are playing the... Uh, Kraken. I'll be a Kraken fan, and I have a Kraken hat. I'll be a Kraken fan, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on FanDuel, and I'm gonna put a lot of money on the Kraken to beat the Stars. I am. I'm usually a Stars fan, but I have allegiance to the Kraken, and so that's going. Oh, I'm gonna root for it. I know what a lot of you are saying. What What does that mean? What is Drake talking about? I don't know playoff hockey, and that's okay. I hated hockey up until like yesterday, and now I'm a big fan of it. But I'm gonna be a big Kraken fan at plus 150 on FanDuel. I'm going to put $1,000 on it. You do it with me. Put $1,000 in the Seattle Kraken money line. If it hits, you win $1,500. If it doesn't hit, you get $1,000 back in free play. 
right now at FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. You go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. You put in $8,000, no sweat, first bet. If it does not hit, you're fine. You're good. You're golden. You get $1,000 back in free play. That's what I can offer you. That's the best I can give you. It's the best I can do. You know what? If it doesn't hit, I'll, I may even throw in this Connor Galvin jersey that I'm wearing. Maybe. All that more at FanDuel. Go check it out. I think you'll really like it. FanDuel.com forward slash locked on, the official sports betting partner of the NBA as well. So bet your playoffs at FanDuel. All right. I want to do a little uh, sports report. I like Brent Ingram. Tell you guys a little bit about Brent Ingram if you've never heard of him. He is the new Baylor football SID, like director of communications, and he is spectacular at what he does. He's really, really, and just like a genuinely nice, good dude. He has put out, this is new, a Baylor sports report every week to give guys in the media a look into everything going on across Baylor athletics. So I have pull up in front of me, uh, and I was looking at this all morning today too, like dissecting the information he's given. Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling finishes 11-0, number one in the country, wins a national championship. We'll get into that. Baseball, 15-29 and 29 right now. Not great. 6-15 and 15 in Big 12 play. Not great. Softball, 36-15. and 15. That's really good. Number 20 in America. Also 5-10 and 10 in Big 12 play. Not great. Dropped a series to Iowa State over the weekend. It's one of the reasons we didn't talk about the weekend of Baylor sports because uh, baseball and softball have done so poorly. Men's tennis finishes two and three in Big 12 play, 17 and 15 overall. Doesn't matter. They're going to South Carolina. They've made it to the postseason. Women's tennis, three and five in Big 12, 16 and 13 overall. Doesn't matter. They're going dancing as well. Both of those teams in the postseason. And that is huge. But the one that I want to hone in on here for a second, a lot of you guys might overlook this this weekend. I didn't see enough traction for this one. Acrobatics and tumbling won its eighth consecutive national championship over the weekend in West Liberty, West Virginia. They went and beat Fairmont State in round one. They bet, beat Quinnipiac in round two and then won the national championship game by more points than they won the quarterfinals matchup. They beat Oregon by over 20 points, 278.855 to 258.555. If you are a senior for Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling, you have won now four national championships. And the senior group before that also won four national championships. Tell you a story about a gal named Felicia Mulkey, the real Coach Mulkey. She got, every great story starts this way, by the way. She was on an airplane, on a napkin, Wanted to invent a sport that merged competitive cheerleading and gymnastics for the girls that do both or wanted something a little bit more competitive than, competitive than the other, wanted to flex their athletic prowess more so than the other, wanted to compete at the team level. She created a sport on a napkin, acrobatics and tumbling. That's what it is. It is since been sanctioned as an NCAA sport and will soon be an official NCAA affiliate within the next couple of years. They've gone through the process. The NCAA has said, yes, they will be a sport, which is massive for the inventor of the sport, Felicia Mulkey. If you've been wondering what, about this whole acrobatics and tumbling thing, like let me unpack it for you here. This is me explaining it to you so you can be knowledgeable to your friends about Baylor acrobatics and tumbling. Felicia Mulkey then goes to Oregon, brings this sport to Oregon, helps spread this sport across the country. There's like 10 maybe teams who start out, and they go on, a Oregon goes on a tear, thanks to 
Coach Mulkey. They win the first four national championships in this sport. By the way, here's what some of you could be thinking in a case that, sure, I, I've heard people make it like, oh, she invented the sport. So, of course, they're really good at it. Yes. I don't know if you knew this. James Naismith invented the game of basketball, which objectively bigger than acrobatics and tumbling right now. I'll give you that. James Naismith is the only head coach in the history of Kansas basketball to go under 500 as a head coach. He was the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, the inventor of the game of basketball, and is the single worst head coach that the Kansas University basketball program has ever had. Felicia Mulkey, on the other hand, goes and wins four straight national championships at Oregon in acrobatics and tumbling. And then the little Baptist school in Waco gets on the phone, calls Felicia Mulkey, and gets her down. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how Baylor did it, but they got her down here to start acrobatics and tumbling. And in, in that time, she has rattled off eight national championships. She's been here a total of nine years. There was the COVID year. They could not compete. Been here a total of nine years, meaning there have been 13 national championships overall. She has won all 13 national championships. She's not undefeated at Baylor, by the way. It's not like she has, like, oh, well, this is just completely unfair. She has been beaten before by other programs like Oregon. She's just still winning national championships. Like when the lights shine the brightest, the Baylor acrobatics and tumbling team, they're the best in the country. Comes here, wins eight straight national championships, the inventor of the sport, has been on the forefront of women's athletics, has brought this to the NCAA and created an NCAA sport, and now has defeated Oregon. Again, usually they beat Oregon in the championship. It seems to be a, a common thing. It wasn't the last year. I think it was Azusa Pacific. Uh, Wake Hill has hosted this a few times too, by the way. Fun asides. Beat Oregon 278 to 258 by 20 total points in the match. Just spectacular stuff. My hat goes off to Felicia Mulkey and what she has done, not just at Baylor winning eight straight titles, but also for the sport in general. Like how many people, especially in the modern era, create an entire sport and then that thing blows up to the point where the NCAA adopts it as a sport that it sanctions. Um, and, and now Felicia Mulkey, who's at Baylor can say that she's done that. And Baylor university can say they have a coach who's done that and flex their eight consecutive national championships. Uh, the bears had five, a nation leading five individual event titles on Sunday as well. So to the individual national champions, to the acrobatics and tumbling team at Baylor, congratulations. You, you're awesome. You are uh, it, the stuff that you do. I've watched the videos. They don't make any sense in my brain. I don't know how you do it. I don't know what, like, I can't imagine the training regimen that goes into everything that, uh, that ev everything that goes into what you all put out there every week on the mat. It's, wholly impressive and now Baylor gets to be the school the pinnacle in acrobatics and tumbling and will continue to win national championships I can't wait for this to be an NCAA sport and Baylor's name next to national championship after national championship racking them up every year Felicia Mulkey who is very young by the way I hope she stays at Baylor University forever and ever and wins one million national championships that would be very cool Across the scope of Baylor Athletics, the rest of Baylor Athletics, softball had a rough week last week. Midweek win over Texas State was good. Lost the series despite winning 15-3 to over Iowa State on Saturday. 
lost four to two on Friday, six to five on Sunday. They are now number 20 in the country. If they want to host, if Baylor softball wants to host the NCAA tournament, they can still do that. I will allow it. They're going to have to win the series against number five, Texas this weekend. They got number five, Texas on the road on Friday, 6 p.m. And they play at home, 6 p.m. on Saturday, 1 p.m. on Sunday. Go support the softball team this weekend. I beg you. 6 p.m. on Saturday at home, 1 p.m. on Sunday at home. Go to Texas on Friday if you want. Go watch those ladies play because they really are special. Darian Orm in the circle has been spectacular. Shailen Govan has been unbelievable at first base, and her bat is wild. They are so fun to watch. I watched them beat Oklahoma earlier this year, and they really competed well against OU in Waco. They can make some serious waves in the postseason. Glenn Moore has done so much of that program in his two decades at the helm, and this is another huge year for that team. Baseball, let's go to the other diamond. Uh... I don't know. They won a game against Texas Tech on Sunday last week. That was good. They didn't do a lot of the winning thing. They were at home this week against West Virginia. Uh, lost to Tarleton 6-2 to uh, in, a, in a midweek. Lost 5-4 West Virginia on Friday, then 10-0 Saturday, and 18-4 on Sunday. I, I think they'll be better after a while. Give them a little bit better. They're good. They're good dudes. Glenn, uh, coach, coach is doing a good job. They're doing a good job. Just give them, give them a shot. Um, number 12, Baylor in women's golf will open play as a two seed at the Pullman regional on Monday, May 8th. Top five teams will advance the Greyhawk for the NCAA championships. So Baylor women's golf, number 12 in America, a two seed Pullman regional playing in the regionals on Monday, top five teams in the regional getting their two seed. So they should be part of that. Will go to the national championships. Uh, Baylor's advanced through the regional round of the championship. Five of the last seven tournaments, including in 2021 and 2023. They face seven teams in the Pullman Regional already. They're combined seven, five, and one against those programs. We'll see how they do. And over on the, I already mentioned this, men's golf. I haven't mentioned those, actually. Baylor finished sixth in the Big 12 championship. um, And will make a regional for the 24th time in the last 25 seasons finding out its destination Wednesday at noon on Golf Channel. Uh, Now, to what we already mentioned, men's tennis and women's tennis and Baylor men's tennis, congratulations. NCAA tournament, they are on their way. The women's tennis team also going to the NCAA tournament. Baylor, on the men's side, has qualified for each of the last 25 NCAA tournaments. They own a 42-4 and combined record all-time in the first and second round. That's insane. 42 and four record. It's 42 and four record all time in the first and second rounds. Jeez. Uh, the women's team, their 24th NCAA tournament berth, 17th under coach Joey Scrivano as well. Congratulations to both of those squads. They're not always lost. While this has been the worst athletic year for Baylor since I got to college, it has. Let's just be honest with ourselves. They did have a really cool surplus sale, which was awesome. And there are some teams that are still duking it out. There's still enough to, to root for in the spring. You got to stay engaged. You got to stay involved. Um, I got good news for everybody out there that exists. <laughs> good news on the way. Big game boomers joining the show tomorrow. Yep. Your Wednesday is going to be filled with big game boomer on Locked On Baylor. <laughs> you got to come back tomorrow to see it. I promise it's going to happen. I promise. I promise. John is his name, Whitaker. Big game boomer on the show. Don't miss it. We're talking Big 12, Pac-12 expansion, jazz like that. You're going to be excited for this one. This has been and always will be. 
I mean, come back tomorrow for Big Game Boomer. Come back later this week. We got a bunch of stuff lined up for you, man. Should Baylor and BYU be a protected rivalry? Aha, I can tell you. This has been and always will be. Thank you for making it your first listen every single day. Locked on. Baylor. Baylor.